When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. People of the Stars Firstborn Elder children of Iluvatar Elves Tall, beautiful, and ageless, elves generally draw a common picture in most people's minds when they imagine the fair race. While many people think of elves as being simply haughty, the race has the longest history of the peoples of Middle-earth in Tolkien's works, and have endured much in their long lives. This video will serve as an overview of their history and their lives, and will be shortened in many aspects. Of note, I will avoid using many names of elvish persons and locations to prevent confusion. Elves were created by Eru alone during the Song of Creation, as only Eru was capable of creating true life. They were laid to rest on Arda as the Ainur set about preparing the world for the awakening of the children of Luvatar. The elves finally awoke on the shores of a sea in eastern Middle-earth, after the destruction of the two lamps. At first, there were only six elves. The first thing the elves saw were the recently created stars, and the first sound they heard was that of running water. Henceforth, the elves shared a love of both. As the six elves began wandering the nearby forests under the cover of twilight, they encountered more elves. During this time, they created poetry, music, and language, and in the end gathered a total of 144 elves. Since all elves had been found in pairs of 12, 12 became their common counting number, and later elves still had no common name for a number larger than 144. Since the Valar were not made aware of the elves' awakening, Melkor was actually the first to come across them, and began capturing and corrupting them immediately. It is believed by some that elves captured by Melkor during this time were corrupted into the first orcs. On one of his journeys across Middle-earth, the Vala Orome found the elves, and quickly grew endeared to them. Orome began living with the elves and protecting them from Melkor. Eventually, the Valar decided Melkor couldn't be allowed to reign over Middle-earth, and they went to war with him. This led to the imprisonment of Melkor, and the Valar afterwards debated the fate of the elves. It was decided they should be brought to the land of Valinor to be protected. Many elves were at first hesitant, and three leaders of the elves were sent to survey Valinor and report back to their people. The three ambassadors reported favorably, and convinced many elves to go west. Some, however, decided they preferred starlight in the wide open spaces of Middle-earth, and chose to stay behind. Thus began what is known as the Sundering of Elves. Little is known of these elves that initially refused, called the Unwilling, although it is speculated that some of them encountered the first men and taught them basic crafts. As the rest of the elves began their journey westward, the Sundering continued as various groups parted ways. One group of elves refused to go past the Misty Mountains, and so they settled along the river Anduin. These would later become the elves of Lothlorien and Mirkwood Forest. Some elves made it near the western coast, but stayed behind to search for their missing leader. These elves became known as the Grey Elves. The rest of the elves were taken across the Great Sea on an island, 
and finally arrived in Valinor. Years later, Arome did return to Middle-earth to take the rest of the elves westward, but many still chose to stay behind. The three elven clans living in Amman were taught and enriched by the Valar, and each began developing their own kingdoms and cultures. For three ages, the elves lived in bliss, learning and developing many crafts, including writing. Finally, Melkor, who was imprisoned by the Valar, was released into Valinor. Because the war with him was because of the sake of the elves, he held malice in his heart for them and began corrupting them with lies. One of the most influenced by the lies, even though he hated Melkor more than anyone else, was the elf Feanor. Feanor's story is for another video, but as we know, he created the Silmarils, which Melkor eventually stole, killing Feanor's father in the process. Melkor fled back to Middle-earth, where he began warring with the elves living there. Eventually, of course, Melkor was defeated, and many elves chose to remain in Middle-earth afterwards. For over a thousand years, elves lived in peace and flourished in Middle-earth. Unfortunately, Sauron still dwelled there despite his master's absence, and eventually approached the elves under the guise of a messenger of the Valar. He taught his crafts of ring-making to them, and led by Celebrimbor, they created 19 rings of power. Sauron forged the one ring to control the others, but the elves became aware of his plan and hid three of the rings in secret. Sauron went to war with the elves and laid waste to Middle-earth, but with the assistance of the men of Numenor, Sauron's armies were defeated. The remaining elves either sailed west to Valinor or remained in their lands in fear of Sauron's return. Men began spreading across Middle-earth, especially after the downfall of Numenor, in which the kingdoms of Gondor and Arnor were founded. Sauron returned to attack Gondor, and elves and men formed a last alliance to defeat Sauron once again. As time went on, elves continued to feel the call of the Valar, drawing them to sail west to Valinor. After the War of the Ring, and during the Fourth Age, most elves had either died or sailed westward, those still dwelling outside of the Undying Lands would become more and more secretive and hidden, eventually fading away physically as their bodies are overwhelmed by their spirits and becoming invisible to mortal eyes. Speaking on the physicalities of elves, they are naturally immortal. That is, they do not age physically past a certain point and cannot die due to time. However, they can be slain by normal means, other than disease, and they can die of grief or weariness. When an elf dies, their spirits go to the halls of Mandos, where after a long while they are usually reincarnated. Almost always, they then enter Valinor, but there are exceptions. Elves had keener senses than men, being able to see and hear much farther and with more detail than other races, and were also ambidextrous. Elves are especially in tune with nature, and are capable of walking across snow with barely an imprint. Thanks to learning many things directly from the Valar, the early elves were exceptional craftsmen, creating swords that never dulled. Although elves have existed in various mythologies for many years prior to Tolkien's works, Tolkien's unique world-building has definitely crafted the definitive modern form of our notion of a fantasy elf. Timeless, beautiful, wise, and graceful, Elves are also exceptional in the Legendarium for their numerous feats of great ferocity and power. Although this video presents a brutally shortened overview of the history of the elves and their customs, 
I hope at the very least it has enticed you to look further into the fairest race of them all.